Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Welcome to the penultimate episode of the Steve Day Show here in the year 2022. I am Steve Dace here live in this studio despite the best efforts of America on America Airlines. That just goes to show you how much sleep I got. I almost said America Online. All right. But this is what happens when you land at 2.30 in the morning and you literally had to tape your eyes open to get in here this morning. But uh, these are the most fun shows of the year. The look back on the year that was. I wasn't going to miss it whatsoever. I just want to put you all on a trippy slash loopy alert. It might get nuts. All right. I'm running on straight adrenaline right now. Uh, I am here alongside my contemporaries, Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre. Good to see you gentlemen again. Good to have you in the fold. When I woke up this morning and saw the tweet thread that you and Aaron are sharing, I had guests over. I didn't see it and saw that you were actually contemplating, like, I might have to miss this thing, guys. I was like, what? Yeah. But no, we did take off. We got home at 2.30 in the morning. I'm here. We're playing. You're a gamer. We are a gamer. We're going to finish the race of the glorious year of total depravity that was 2022. And one of our favorite ways to do it is with our year-end dace group. We have with us our colleague and friend, Sarah Gonzalez, for the first time. Sarah, it is good to have you with us here on the year-end dace group. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm happy to be here. And just so you know, you know, I have already taken off of work for the year. So I am here. I'm at my home studio. I am in my uh, best Christmas attire. And I did bring eggnog. Nice. Because as I repeated, I am off duty. So there you go. Cheers. There you go. So you're ready to go. Oh, yeah. And Paul Alexander's here, too. Wow. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> <All right>. man. <laughs> You know what? All right. You'll, That's how it's going to be. That's on. Let's do this thing. So, Paul, of course, good friend of the show, our token Democrat friend, or at this point, frankly, he's to the right of at least half the members, Republican members of the U.S. Senate, if we're truly being honest. Uh, and uh, he has been a hit and a miss, depending on your perspective, over the last couple of years here on the year-end day group, which is why we brought him back to either entertain or annoy you a little bit more. And I thought I might give you the treatment this year, Paul, that I got for many years, uh, contributing on msnbc panels where the odds were pretty much stacked against me like this right and i went last every time uh, every time and i had to <laughs> i had to fill the point i had to fill the amount of time that was left uh after everybody else got their contrived talking points in i might see how you think it feels on this year's panel how you like them apples well look if i had to place a wager on one of the two options i'm going to go with annoy your audience this year annoy. so just <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, want to get want to get them ready in case they want to tune out now before it's too late. All right. Well, they are ready. So let us begin with the day script. Your yearly look. At the year that was begins, as it always does, in round table fashion. 
We go through the same questions every year, which we completely and totally stole from the McLaughlin group, just like the music, the imaging, everything. I mean, I literally went online, watched old episodes of their year in review and just copied the questions. Literally, there's nothing original, nothing original, except whatever answers Paul comes up with. Nothing original is about to occur over the course of these next two hours. We will get through as many of these as we can. It is rare we get through all of them. And then in the overtime, we will finish things off and we'll see who's got time to do that. It might just be the three of us. You know, Sarah and Paul may decide to stick around and finish out. But let us begin with the year's biggest winner. And because chivalry is not dead on this show, Sarah, you're going to get to go first. Ladies first every time. The biggest winner of 2022 is whom and why? I would say Vladimir Zelensky, and I think the answer is obvious. He's uh, He's got it made. He is on all of the fashion magazines. He's taking, you know, cover photo shoots for uh, Vogue. He's getting billions of, of dollars of American taxpayer money funneled over to Ukraine to use for God knows what because there's no oversight. Imagine how good it must be to be Vladimir Zelensky right now, the biggest superstar in the world. Aaron. The unborn. I think if you have a better chance of actually making uh, making it out of your mother's womb than you did six months ago, you're a pretty big winner this year. That'll preach, Todd. Ron DeSantis. It's he's we I, a couple days ago quoted Ricky Bobby. He's he's like that scene in, in uh, where Ricky Bobby says, "I just wake up in the morning and urinate excellence." You know, that's all he does. It's a, it's phenomenal. I have the exact same answer. I mean, he had a, a Reagan 84 kind of year, a Reagan 84 kind of a election night. Um, and his stature has frankly only been raised by the failure theater, um, which, you know, you can see quantified now in how uh, the GOP primary polling for 2024 literally flipped on its on, on its axis. The, I mean, the Earth's moved on its axis in one night on election night. Paul. Yeah, so, you know, the last time I came on this program, way back before Aaron banned me for loving plant-based meats, uh, I revealed <laughs> that I had a framed photo of Dr. Oz and Michelle Obama on my nightstand. But when Oz lost in November, he was out. Because when I look over at my nightstand, I want inspiration, I want courage, I want strength. I want the biggest winner of 2022, the conquering hero, President Vladimir Zelensky, pictured here with another man of great integrity, Senator Lindsey Graham. Oh, wow. (laughs) I believe, Paul, you have gotten to the bottom of it. Yeah. I believe that has happened, Paul. Congratulations (laughs) on your very first answer. Well done, my friend. All right. Biggest loser of the year. Sarah, back to you. Uh, I would say America so far. We have uh, we've had a rough year. Inflation, uh, Joe Biden at the helm of things, all of the taxpayer money that I mentioned previously that has gone to uh, not benefit us at all. Well, let me back up. The Democrat Party, I think, has seen uh, great, uh, you know, great value in sending all of that money to Ukraine. But I just, you know, there's something about a half-dead man being in charge of the free world that just isn't good. And I think that we have, as Aaron mentioned, there have been some high points like the Supreme Court ruling. But all in all, not a very strong year for America. No, no, this, 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 this was not peak uh, Team America for sure, Aaron. <laughs> Biggest loser is Mehmet Oz. I mean, you lost to a vegetable in a major uh, election. <laughs> that's a problem. That's, that's, it doesn't get much worse than that. That's a problem. That, that is a problem, Todd. It, this is all variations on a theme, but mine is, is the red wave. I, I meant it. This was mm-hmm. the most important election uh, of my lifetime, and the, uh, this thing will be a cautionary tale for the rest of our 
uh, lives because something that a lot of people thought was a near certitude didn't come close to happening. My choice is very is very similar to all three of yours, but I'm going to make it a little bit more specific and say the people of Arizona who will continue on with their invasion at the southern border. And I hope I hope those of you in the Phoenix suburbs that voted for Katie Hobbs to be your governor uh, or just, you know, the line was too long in Maricopa County. So you gave up. All right. Uh, Those 17000 people. I hope those of you that did that. I hope it's not your children that you find out next year have a fentanyl problem. OD on fentanyl. It's not your daughters being human trafficked because of the border that continues to stay wide open in your state. I, I hope I hope whatever you exchanged for. Yeah, let's be brutally honest, because that's kind of how we roll on this show. Are there times that Carrie makes some cringy comments where Donald Trump is concerned? Sure. But you know what? I'm sure that'll be a great trade-off for you next year when you get the call at 2 a.m. that it's your kid that overdosed on an opioid that came through your southern border. I'm sure at that at that moment, you'll think to yourself, you know what, though? I'm still glad I voted for Katie Hobbs because uh, uh, Carrie Lake made cringe uh, in, in comments about Donald Trump. And so I just feel a lot better about the fact that, uh, you know, right now they're pumping my kid's chest cavity trying to see if he's going to make it through the night. Because that's the kind of year that it was. That kind of what you're talking about? It is. Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick fact, Steve. The uh, DA of San Francisco who was recalled did not prosecute a single fentanyl case in 2021. Wow. So wow. Not a single wow. one. Wow. Uh, my, my biggest loser of the year are the citizens of China. You have an entire religious minority in the Uyghurs who are being rounded up and put into re-education camps. You have the Chinese government and their military locking entire communities inside their homes to stop the spread. And then when they protest, a supposed pro-democracy American tech giant in Apple blocks the ability of the protesters to communicate with one another on their phones. So last year, my pick was the women of Afghanistan. This year, it's the people of China. My point being, it's still a pretty incredible blessing to live in this country. It is. That was a great answer as well, brother. Great answer. Mm -hmm. Best politician, Sarah. Uh, Ron DeSantis, for, you know, all of the reasons that you and Todd mentioned that you had him as biggest winner. Todd. Uh, Mitch McConnell. See, I don't. I went out of order. My bad. Sorry about that. DeSantis isn't uh, a politician uh, to me. He's just a man. Mm -hmm. He's a dude. He's more machine now than man. But the reason I had my red wave answer, (laughs) who's more responsible for that red wave not happening? Than Mitch McConnell, he didn't want it to happen. The guy, the guy is greasy, slimy, but he's good at this, and I just think that's undeniable. Aaron, uh, best politician, I have John Fetterman. I mean, I defy you to find another food group that's won a U.S. Senate election. <laughs> <Food group. laughs> um, and you'll notice there's three or four of my answers that have to do with this U.S. Senate race in Pennsylvania because I think it was the perfect microcosm of the year. You have a terrible, liberal, progressive Republican candidate. Mitch McConnell's uh, idea of, you know, a quality candidate. Paul's like, Mehmet Oz is too liberal for me to vote for. <laughs> yeah. go uh, Going up against a vegetable and getting yeah. his clock cleaned. That, to me, is the perfect encapsulation of this year. I can't, dude, hate the game, not the player on that one, man. That's a homily. I, I, I can't fight that. But my answer is, uh, to me, it's without question Ron DeSantis. And I promise these all aren't a bunch of Ron DeSantis' answers, just the first couple. Uh, but I, I think he's potentially, I think he is positioned to potentially win this at the year-end ace group the next two years in a row as well. Paul. 
Yeah, I mean, this is one we can probably all agree on. We have a, a crucial swing state governor who has essentially turned the entire state red. He lifted up everyone else on the Republican ticket and down ballot races. And now, you know, he has to be considered a, a front runner in 2024. When you win a re-election re in a swing state by 20 points, you're the best politician of the year, Governor Mike DeWine. <laughs> well done. Very well done. Very well. I walked right into that one, too. Respect. Everything I said was true, brother. I, I know. I know it was true. And that's that's why I'm cutting myself during commercial breaks. That is that that's all true. Agreed. All right, Sarah, most defining political moment. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, Aaron kind of touched on it uh, for a previous answer, but I would say John Fetterman winning the Senate seat in Pennsylvania is just so, as he pointed out, the, you used a great term, Aaron, microcosm, just what a great microcosm, uh, what a great defining moment for how far we have fallen in this country. Uh, Todd mentioned previously the lack of red wave that uh, we had and expected and did not get. And I just think that John Fetterman, again, another half-dead man, Winning in the Senate in this day and age was just absolutely just perfectly most defining of this year. Aaron. I think it's GOP senators and congressmen and women in Washington voting to declare war on the church. I mean, that's just the PS resistance of the GOP's attitude towards its base. Lose an election that was totally winnable, then go and turn around and knife your most loyal constituency in the back for years to come. Just perfect. Todd? Because almost all my instincts were to go like Sarah did on this, the most cynical answer possible, but I took the long view on this. I think it's, it's overturning Roe. I mean, the, mm. the amount of time... I mean, that's not just a this-year story. It's a 40-year mission, and it actually happened. I agree with you. I had the exact same answer. I want the audience to know we have not looked at each other's answers, compared answers. We're all learning them live as we do this here today on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast for the very first time. But I, I had the exact same answer. It, it kind of closed a key chapter on the OG culture war issue of this era. But it also uh, unleashed legions of unmarried women in this last election uh, to get out and vote Democratic in protest. Yeah. I mean, Democrats won by unmarried women by 30, nearly 30 points. And that, that really was the difference uh, nationwide. So it, it, it was the pinnacle win uh, culture war issue win for the American right in this generation. And and then the, the backlash that occurred in the next election was noteworthy. In some respects, it's kind of backwards from what we have seen, how the right and left have operated within their within their ecosystems for the last generation, that typically the left gets generational wins. And then there's an instant election reverb against that push you know over mm -hmm. overreach from the right right yeah all right then so we're typically the ones winning the next election on them winning the next generation this time the script flipped we got a generational win and they got an election win largely as a result of that paul what say you yeah i mean look first of all i just want to go on record and say that i am the only panelist who does not think john fetterman is a vegetable he is recovering from a stroke <laughs> So let's have a little compassion, please. But uh, there is no. a lot of ways no. to. <laughs> well, all right, I'll, I'll be the outlier. I'll, I'm fine yeah. with that one. Um, for me, I see this category as the event that will most likely be featured in our history books 20, 30 years from now. Overturning of Roe is, is definitely up there. Um, but I would also say the FBI raiding the private residence of a former president that can easily get the nod. The Absolutely. word unprecedented mm -hmm. thing. Uh, gets overused pretty often these days, but this definitely meets that criteria, and we probably still don't know 
the ultimate ramifications of, uh, of that entire event. Well, speaking of the FBI, that brings us perfectly to the next category. Biggest traitor. All right, Sarah, we go to you. Well, that that is not my answer. Um, but in hindsight, maybe it should have been. Mine was all of the Republicans who voted for, uh, as the aforementioned Aaron. I think that you're like my answers are tracking with yours, but uh, an answer above. <laughs> so mine are all of the Republicans uh, who voted for the Respect for Marriage Act, which, as we all know, well, I don't know about Paul, but I would think that the the three of us uh, blaze hosts know that uh, it is nothing but it is it is nothing like respect for marriage it is anything but respect for marriage it actually decimates the idea uh, of marriage and and leaves open the room for uh, religious liberty to be encroached so i think that those are the well i would say most establishment republicans are the biggest traitors but specifically those who voted for that particular bill i'm getting a i'm getting a sense here this year we're gonna get a lot of same song second verse right aaron yeah I think for me, it's vast swaths of the American people who apparently paying $2 for a dozen eggs more or over $2 for a dozen eggs more than they were back in late 2020, early 21 is just not enough. Paying uh, more for gasoline and all of the things that inflation touches just is not enough. They still voted for the party that's enabling all of that. So vast swaths of the American public who I think have just kind of given up hey. and not not in an Atlas shrugged kind of way. Man, listen, if you haven't don't knock it to your rocket, man, don't, you, you ever know you might enjoy paying 89 percent higher mortgage <laughs> payments per month than you were before the, the the month before joe biden took over you might i mean that you know people you know people have some strange fetishes these days you never know talk sarah nailed it same answer the anti-marriage anti-religious freedom republicans i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm going with the fbi and and so i mean i mean we're kind of we're kind of just riffing on each other now but i mean if you look at um, what Paul talked about, the raid at Mar-a-Lago, the nighttime raid at Mar-a-Lago. That's, you know, Night of the Long Knives kind of stuff. Uh, Saturday Night Massacre kind of stuff. And then now what's coming out with the Twitter files, literally paying Twitter executives to censor material. Uh, Twitter executives opening up a backdoor channel for the FBI to give them approved narratives and talking points of what to allow on the social media channel that happens to govern, if not determine and disseminate almost every media narrative from every sector of the media that the American people in mass get to see. And that's before we even get to Christopher Ray in previous iterations telling Congress that Antifa is not a real thing and just an idea. Uh, I mean, th that organization. And then we get into all the lone wolves, whether it's the Orlando nightclub shooter, whether it's um, uh, who was the uh, the gymnast doctor, the worst sex predator, child sex Nassar. predator. Thank Nassar. Larry Nasser. Thank you. In American history, all these known wolves in recent years, it's all been warned about. We still don't know what was the cause of the worst mass shooting in American history. But hey, man, they 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 absolutely mobilized to check out a noose in a NASCAR garage. They absolutely made sure that Twitter was policing your jokes about whatever happened in the 2020 election. Just an absolute criminal enterprise that ought to be smashed into a thousand pieces, like JFK once said about the CIA. And he was right about that. And given what's in the Twitter files, we should probably do that to them, too. Paul. Man, this one hurts. I uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but the biggest traitor of 2022 is Steve Dace. You come on here every day pretending to be one of these fired up grassroots conservatives, but unfortunately, I know the truth. You, you have been leading a double life and you almost got away with it. 
But I am here today to blow the whistle on your entire scam because, ladies and gentlemen, what you don't know is that once Steve wraps up his show each day, he throws on a wig and heads down to D.C. because Steve Dace is actually Liz Cheney. Oh, oh my. Oh, my. Dove, is there a dump button back there in Dallas? Oh, my gosh. Just threw up in my I mouth didn't want to do it, bit. Steve. I didn't want to do it. I can't unsee this. Neither can I. I'm not, you know, I, I thought the uh, the Dick Levine, Mitch McConnell morphing one that I, the meme that I put out, we put out earlier this year, I thought that that was uncanny, but I got to say, man, I'm very uncomfortable looking at that and I hope to never see it again, as a matter of fact. I'm very I'm uncomfortable. it's your new profile picture by the end of today. So. There's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. He email me. I could make that happen. You bet. Okay. All right. Let's get to our next category, which Paul will not win, given the start that uh, we are off to. Most boring, Sarah. Look, nothing against him because I love the guy. I'm just, this is just purely uh, most boring, nothing else, everything else aside. I got to say Mike Lee, and here's why. You know how when you blow a dog whistle, nobody hears it except the dog. Mike Lee is light years above everyone else in intelligence and, uh, you know, uh, how he knows the Constitution and every and everything like that, that every time he talks, I, it's like it's like he's you're just falling asleep because he's so above everyone else. So, again, I love the guy, but it, the charisma is not there. All right, Aaron. I'm going to say the view, and I'm using that as a stand in for the entirety of left wing media. It's just so boring now. They're so predictable. They're, they're cries of racist, misogynistic, homophobic bigot. All of their tactics of doxing. It's so predictable, so boring. And I think this is much of a commentary against them as it is for our side. We're learning how to deal with those tactics and not be afraid of them anymore. So it is a little bit boring now. Todd? Collectively speaking, uh, the American pulpit, it is just simply not up to the task of of addressing what's going on in this day and age and quite frankly we are here uh because uh it hasn't been up to the task for a long time this echoes what last time sarah was on the show i think i'm just i'm sick of sarah gonzalez having to you know go with a megaphone to the places she has to go to right, right. because the past like where are the texas pastors why maybe they're there sarah but like why does why does no. sarah have to do this is that stuff? who the governor sent to defend the invasion against the border did he send the pastors well that would mean, are they working together? Because that could explain the complete lack of mm, action whatsoever so on quiet, both fronts. Yes. yes. Um, I never thought I would say this, man, ever. And I, I, I was really, I, I really wrestled with whether to go here. And then I went to America Fest this weekend, and that kind of cinched it for me. I'm going to go with Donald Trump. As wow. se- as, as sequels go. Guys, this is Lady Ghostbusters, man, not Empire Strikes Back. Okay. This I was mean, actually my answer for this category before I went with the pulpit, but yeah. I, I am feeling you. We're, we're, we're just, we're not moving the plot along as much as we're just doing takeoffs and riffs on a plot we already know. You know, like the original, like, like the Star Wars sequels where they just went back and tried to, you know, reformulaic. You know what Lucas did mm-hmm. in The Force Awakens, and then it just kind of then they deconstructed it after that, and then they couldn't recover it following that. Okay, um, 
Now we're going full QVC, pimping digital trading cards. You've got shills out there claiming that that wasn't the real major announcement, even though it had the exact same logo and language as the major announcement tease. And man, I was just in MAGA Central, all right? And I had a great time, by the way. But I was just in MAGA Central, and I'm just telling you, I mean, they were selling all kinds of Trump 1, Trump 40. I didn't see, I was there for two days, didn't see a lot of those shirts. Didn't get asked a lot about Trump. I, I mean, I did five hours uh, of media interviews. Five hours of media interviews Sunday. I blocked off five hours, and I had an interview all five of those hours. His name didn't come up a single time. A single time. So it just, I don't know, man. It, it just feels played out, you know? That's kind of how it felt yeah. to me anyway. What is going on? All right, Paul, most boring. Go ahead. Oh, man, Ron DeSantis calling out the most boring person of 2022. Yeah, he's an orange-skinned egomaniac who lives in my home state of Florida. And no, it's not you, Hulk Hogan. I'm talking about you, Donald Trump. Your 2024 announcement was about as well-received as a popcorn fart in church. Yeah, using the same old talking points like it's 2015, pretending you're a tough guy, but then always playing the victim. Every chance you get, you're playing the victim. But brother, when you crap on a golden toilet, you're nobody's victim. You endorsed nothing but losers this November, and then you wouldn't even put out the money to help them win. You're a tired act, and the Republican Party is ready to move on and make the macho man Ron DeSantis the new leader of the movement. Ooh, yeah, dig it. That wasn't a bad <laughs> macho man impersonation, actually. No. I give that like eight and a half out of ten. That's not bad. Ooh, what did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> now, Sarah, you you see a lot of this get up when, at the at the, uh, the the quote unquote family friendly drag queen shows that you infiltrate, right? You see a lot of the, uh, the all get right. up. That, yeah. All right. <laughs> I was wondering if he raided one of their closets. No, but that <laughs> dude, that was that was well done. That that brings me back to my childhood. <laughs> Oh yeah, that brings me back to my childhood, man. <laughs> I appreciated that one. You kind of you like that one too, Todd. I, I get it. it. I, yeah. I just like when you when you ask Paul to come on the show, like I, you never know. How lo- he carves. What did you like? Go to the top of a mountain and meditate for a week because you did. This is this is deep. I mean, this is from your bones, he, Paul Alexander. He brought I, props. I no, he does we it every year. Oh, yeah. He does that every year, Sarah. And there, there will be more to come. I should have warned you. Actually, I should have given you a heads up. And and yeah. I, I should probably um, thoughts and prayers to Blaze Management inboxes after the fact that <laughs> the Democrat on the panel and I had the exact same most boring answer. I mean, we're gonna get. I'm gonna get lit up, man. In my inbox, management's gonna hear about it. Okay. I had the same answer last year, so this is my second year in a row. Yeah, I know, but this is that's I I have clearly violated some creedal norm within right wing media by having the same answer for the same for a lot of the same reasons that you did. I I, I I'm I'm probably gonna get sent into solitary confinement or something. I would imagine there's some punishment coming. Uh, but at least at least while I am there, I can sample our friends over at Bonner Private Wines, which has become Todd's favorite partner for the program this year you've sampled these i would say 
an ample, an aggressive amount, perhaps. Oh, I like that. Is yes. an aggressive amount? Is that a good yes. word? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so these are uh, imported foreign wines, great red wines. They are tremendous, by the way. All of us have tried them. Uh, Todd has just mainlined them. Uh, and they are from uh, Malbec grapes that are grown deep in the Andes Mountains, about 3,000 feet of altitude from families that have been doing this uh, out in the middle of nowhere for going on a second century now. And if you want to try them, perfect for any holiday meal with the family. If you order today, you'll not only get a huge discount and complimentary shipping. That's right, free shipping on imported foreign wines. You can't beat that. You'll also get a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive seller. That's four bottles for the price of three with a big discount and free shipping. You cannot beat it. All right. Go there now. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Bonner, B-O-N-N-E-R, BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve today. All right. We will pick up the rundown here after the break. We got about a minute. Whose answer has been the most surprising so far? Who's, um, I haven't Donald Trump took me by surprise. So. You, th- you thought my Trump answer yeah. took you by surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to go there. I had it on my sheet. I deleted it. Then I went to really kind of MAGA HQ and I More, don't know. Not, not so much, not so much because that's what you think, but because it takes some cojones to say that on this network as a host who's, you know, uh, sort of somewhat reliant on that sure. base to, uh, Continue but you, listening but, and watching. Yeah, on the other hand, though, you know when you hire Steve Dace, there will, it will come with some difficulties. There will, be, there, will be, there, there will be some non-conformity difficulties. You just have to bake that into the cake at some point in time. And yes, you just well, otherwise, like don't, otherwise, you know, don't make that hire because you, you just can't avoid it, unfortunately. Uh, I'm not so much surprised, but I do have breaking news. Yeah. A direct message from Jill Savage. Oh. I want to make Paul blush. Uh-oh. Paul Alexander is insane. This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. That, that could have Fact been a lot true. worse. <laughs> and after she oh, saw your Randy Savage drag queen story time hour get up there too, Paul. So there you go, right? <laughs> it's a men's jacket. Thank you. <laughs> we'll come back. More of the year-end days group here in a moment. All right, you ever bought a pair of glasses, thrown them in the drawer, never worn them again because you hated the way they look or they looked on you? Or maybe you're thinking, you know what, I've, I need progressive lenses, which means, no, you're not Paul Alexander now. Uh, it means that uh, you're a little bit far, a little bit near. That's me. Uh, or maybe you're on to full-fledged bifocals, which is probably where I'll be in about a decade. All right, at this pace. Uh, the good news for you is with our friends over at Better Spectacles, you don't have to get those dorky frames for your problematic prescription anymore. You can get the cool frames that people just every day stigmatisms get to buy because they have brand new German engineer Rodenstock eyewear available for the first time for mass distribution here in the U.S. That's what I'm wearing today, by the way. So if you like my frames or you want to th- uh, see if they've got some that are even cooler than the ones that uh, I got through them, uh, give our friends over at Better Spectacles uh, visit. Go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Schedule a teleoptical appointment. Won't even have to leave your house. Uh, and they're not just some online company. You'll get the same 
same consultation and expert assistance that you would if you were in one of their stores with some of the best trained opticians in the country. And right now they'll offer you an introductory offer of 61% off and those handcrafted rodent stock frames, they'll throw them in for free to get you started. 61% off and free handcrafted rodent stock frames when you visit betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Again, that is betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Let's continue with our penultimate episode of the year. It is the year in review, the Dace Group year in review, our special two-hour edition. We continue on with the rundown. We went from most boring is where we left off. Sarah, we go to you now for most charismatic this year. I'm trying to use Ron DeSantis as little as possible, but he did get uh, my vote for most charismatic. He knows just when to punch back and also when to shut up, which is something, uh, you know, of course, Donald Trump never quite learned. That, I think, is an answer a lot of people would have. Aaron. I'm going with Elon Musk, this Vox Populi Vox Day. The voice of the people is the voice of God, way in which he's uh, leading Twitter right now. I think he could be the Antichrist if he wanted to be. (laughs) <laughs> he said that. He just said that. So I almost choked on my eggnog, Aaron. <laughs> he just casually, and he could even be the Antichrist. I mean, if he wanted to do that, sure. All right, Todd. <laughs> you know, if he was bored, uh, bored or something. Hey, yes. How many people can you say that about? Yeah, man, it's true. It's a, it is Woke a very short morning, list. I would give you that. Decided to be the uh, yeah. the end all be all of evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah Deadpan Aaron is the best Aaron. Yes, yes. Uh, Carrie Lake. I mean, she just showed how. You can work a crowd, how you can work journalists, um, uh, grace, style, toughness. I mean, the, I mean, really, it's like, it's like she went to a Sarah Gonzalez seminar and said, that's how I'm going to run for governor. <laughs> wow. That's Stop. a line. I'm flattered. That is a line. Stop. All right. But and along those same lines, I didn't give the same answer, but similar in vain. Giorgio Maloney, the, uh, the new prime minister of mm. Italy. Now, we'll find out how well she can govern. All right. We'll find out if if she can. And that's how you become Ron DeSantis. You, can you actually govern? All right. Can you do the job? Uh, but essentially, Maloney is if Donald Trump and Nigel Farage had a baby and it came out looking like uh, Carrie Lake, um, you know, Stacy's mom has got it going on kind of a thing. She's kind of the total <laughs> package. Right. So if she can govern. Um, she's going to need really good personal security because she will be a weapon of mass destruction for sure. All right, Paul. Yeah, this one always stumps me for some reason. There are some terrible people who are highly charismatic. And then there's, there are many who are only liked by a vocal subset of the population, but I'm going to interpret this as someone with enough charm to be well liked by both sides of the aisle, even when they talk politics. So it may be a flat answer, but I'm going to go here with Matthew McConaughey. I don't think that's a terrible answer. I mean, he's one of the most accomplished, you know, popular celebrities of his era. And you're right. He at least doesn't hate people like us. I mean, he doesn't like agree with us on anything, but at least doesn't hate us while he's disagreeing. I mean, at this point, guys, we'll just take that. Right. Can you just not hate me in the process? Maybe. All right. Cool. All right. Bummest rap, Sarah. I would say uh, over in Florida, the parental rights and education bill, which, you know, we kept hearing coined by the mainstream media as the don't say gay bill, even though it did not even have the word in it. And it should not be controversial to say, can we not teach kindergartners through third graders uh, about sexual identity? Great answer. Great answer. Aaron. 
Agreed. That was a great answer. Uh, Max Duggan, I think he probably should have won the, the Heisman Trophy. Not to say any, Caleb Williams is terrific, but that one drive at the end of the Big 12 championship game, that was your Heisman moment drive. And uh, he not winning that, I think that's the, the bummest rap. If, the, if, if they had given him the ball with a quarterback sneak yep. there at the goal line and let their 240-pound quarterback rumble in for the winning touchdown in the Big 12 championship game, that, do you think he might have won it then? I think if people waited until after that moment to vote, but mo- yeah. a lot of people vote months or weeks in advance whenever the voting opens yep todd i'd imagine this was my answer last year and until apologies are issues it will be till the end of time the unvaccinated that's a great answer i i I hate the answer i'm about to give man but again brutal honesty and, and i'm saying this one through gritted teeth and under protest but it is what it is okay the polling industry in america bounced back in a big way in 2022 all right, after all but discrediting itself in the last two cycles. But essentially, Republicans ended up winning the generic ballot nationwide by almost exactly what the real clear politics polling average was. Um, and they correctly forecasted that there was a better chance for Democrats to hold the Senate um, than was was being attributed to them via conventional wisdom, particularly in our sectors. So I have spent the last couple of cycles chronicling with data their own actual polls just how poopy with and runny turds with corns in it they have been the last couple of cycles so if we're good at we got to keep it real right they nailed it in this cycle so they got the bummest rap from people like me frankly paul yeah minus the runny turds with corn uh inclusion (laughs) that was a a really insightful answer (laughs) um so For for Sarah to to recap my my history in this category, in 2020, I went with Chris Wallace. Last year, I said Jen Psaki. And this year, in continuing my tradition of directing this answer at conservative media, I'm going to go with Brittany Grenier. The amount of commentators who put out the sentiments of, oh, she doesn't want to stand for the national anthem. She's a traitor. Just leave her in Russia. My God, man, really? And I've seen... A lot of others try and justify her nine-year prison sentence for carrying hash oil. Well, well, if she didn't break the law, she wouldn't be in this mess. What are we doing, guys? I don't care what your politics are. We really cannot lose sight of each other's humanity. So I am glad she's home. And let's please just stop this BS. For the record, I want to just state... I, I didn't say that she was better off there. I, I said that the sentence that she was... I know, I know. I, I said the sentence she was given was ridiculous. I just was trying to look on the bright side. Okay, I mean, I like to declare... There's a, there's a way to declare a victory, Paul, in every situation. I'm like Admiral, I'm like Admiral Kirk in Star Trek II. I just reprogrammed the Kobayashi Maru. It was an injustice that she was given the kind of sentence in a gulag she was for what she did. But if you're looking for a bright side, she was... Um, sealed off from being exposed to the tyranny, as she described it, of the of the of America's national anthem. And so, I was just looking for a positive way for her to declare victory in in a very tragic and difficult circumstance. Rules Paul is going to love one of my answers book. later. All right, let's get to the next one. Fairest rap, Sarah. Uh, I would say, assuming the charges hold, Sam Bankman Freed may he rot in prison after a fair trial, of course. After a fair trial. Of course. Aaron. Marvel Cinematic Universe and movies in general, with a few exceptions, just absolutely sucked this year. Yeah, and they know it, too. That's why they're rebooting things, trying to refigure things out. Yeah, they, they know it, too. Todd. 
Groomers, because you're groomers and you deserve to be called groomers. Uh, That's a great answer as well. Um, For years on this show, I have told you, the only political party that hates you worse than the Democrats are the Republicans. And this year, they certainly lived up or down, as the case may be, uh, to that claim. In an election year, they betrayed their base on both the one issue, by the way, they had yet to betray them on, the Second Amendment. And then, as Sarah pointed out earlier, on the issue of religious freedom, and then actively worked against candidates that the base wanted, both in primaries and in general elections. And in general elections. They did, they did it both. The Republican Party proved with, with, that with very limited exceptions, it is a false flag operation. It is controlled opposition. It is the Washington generals of American politics. Paul. I am jealous of Sarah's answer. That was a great, uh, great pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Kirsten Cinema, campaigned in 2016 as a bipartisan independent, even as Sean Hannity was telling us she would essentially be the fifth member of the squad. And she's done exactly as she promised. She needs to get a lot of credit for standing up against these hyper-partisan ideas like court packing and abolishing the filibuster. And now she's an actual registered independent. So whether you like her or not, she told us exactly who she would be and who she was, and she has lived up to that. I think that's a great answer, all right? Underrated hottie, and she truly does swing both ways. (laughs) Best comeback, Sarah. Uh, well, I mean no disrespect. I, uh, I'm good friends with the people over at the Daily Wire, but I just want to congratulate Ben Shapiro on finally coming around to Blaze TV 2020's point of view on COVID policies and uh, the COVID vaccine. Uh, I seem to recall uh, Steve Dace himself, uh, along with myself and several other Blaze TV uh, hosts, calling literally everything that would happen from the beginning of 2020 on. Ben didn't quite have the track record that we had, but... He has come out and uh, said that the experts led him astray. So I am very, very proud that uh, Ben Shapiro has caught up to where Blaze TV was in 2020. Saucy. That's, that's a good one. That's, that's how a woman just kicks you in the balls right there. All right. That's like when she says. <laughs> I'm just proud of him. I wanted yeah, to congratulate yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. See, that's, that's see, <laughs> see, that's like when you're like, she, hey, what are you doing tonight? I'm going out with buddies. Again? Nope. <laughs> Nope, I'm staying home. What are we watching? Right? That's that's how they do right there. All right? Aaron. Uh, best comeback, Katie Hobbs. I mean, who could have seen that coming? Uh, she was behind in all of the polls to a better candidate. Uh, just defies the odds that the Secretary of State, the person overseeing the election, and the people administering the election were big fans of hers. I mean, it just boggles the mind that uh, she would be able to come back. But, hey, she did it somehow, some way. A true secretariat, just the way she closed there in that yep. final furlong. Yeah. Indeed. Todd. Sarah's uh, biggest winner is my answer for this, Vladimir or Zelensky. I mean, who, who, who would have even known who that guy was? That we, we were talking well, about— Well, except for all the Western elites using his country well, as a money laundering operation. Sure. But right, you're right, except for them, yes. But now, you know, every instead, uh, people have put the Ukraine flag up uh, for an emoji, but I think they wish they could put his face up there. I mean, he's got Bono coming and, you know, singing hymns to him. So, yeah, this this guy's made something of himself. That's a good answer. I'm going with Nicolas Cage. Uh, he was once one of the biggest stars in Hollywood, then kind of became a, uh, a bit of a punchline, choosing stinker after stinker to star in. This year, though, he reversed that trend by doing something really clever, self-deprecating, really endearing and original. He parodied himself. 
And if you didn't see this movie when I was out earlier this year, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, it is absolutely terrific. Terrific. And it has a lot to say about manhood and fatherhood and family as well. And um, it, it, it was a great way for him to reintroduce himself back into uh, pop culture success status by just doing what a lot of men, frankly, in most eras nowadays don't do a lot of taking a look in the mirror doing a self-assessment and realizing, you know, there's some things here I could be doing better in my life. So I wanted to give some acknowledgement to that. Paul. Yeah, uh, loved Sarah's answer. Uh, but along the same lines as Steve, when you can physically assault someone on live television in front of millions of people, and then only moments later receive an award and get a standing ovation, these are the types of righteous Hollywood values that need to be celebrated. Will Smith, you, my friend, have had the comeback of the year. Good answer. Good answer. Most original thinker, Sarah. I promise I don't mean this to kiss anyone's rear, but as you guys know, I am a big uh, Steve Dace show fangirl, and I would just have to go with uh, Steve Dace himself. I, uh, you know, he's paving the way in free thinking, no matter who he pisses off, as Paul pointed out previously in the show with one of his answers, and I just could not be more proud to work alongside you. Uh, that's very sweet. Thank you very much, and the feeling is mutual. That's very kind. Thank you. Aaron. For me, I'm going with a free shout out to one of our new sponsors on the show, Public SQ. I mean, just being able to link people up, like-minded people up with like-minded businesses, that's going to be a major, a major factor in carving out some sort of Raid America or what's left of America free from the leftist corporatist influence. So I think they are the most original thinkers of the year. Todd? All of the uh, canceled doctors, many of which we've had on this show, some are anonymous, but as I've told you, and this is why I'm anti-vax even beforehand, this this thing called first world medicine, you know now, it's a cult. And health is the last thing on the list of a lot of uh, their minds when you go in there. And that's terrifying to think about. And these doctors, the pressure they were under... Uh, to tell you about uh, the uh, to publicly step out and tell you about this vaccine to just I- issue you ivermectin. I mean, Steve, wait until you read Steve's book in the coming year. These doctors are absolute heroes and they deserve medals that will never come from this White House because they're part of the problem. You're here. That is a great answer mm. for sure. Absolutely. Um, I, you know what? Since and I had no idea that Sarah was going to go there in her previous answer against, I guess we call it the competition, although I don't know how much of a fierce competition it is. There's a lot of common (laughs) relationships and friendships between platforms. But I'm going to go with Matt Walsh. Um, I thought he did more to put hands and feet on the term thought leader than anyone else in America this year, starting with his uh, landmark and powerful documentary, What's a Woman? Um, And unlike a lot of our brethren in this business, I mean, Sarah gets her hands dirty uh, and literally the the mouth of hell, uh, quote unquote, family friendly drag queen uh, shows. But Matt got his hands dirty as well. Just ask the faculty and administration at Vanderbilt University, for example. He sick the entire Tennessee state legislature on them. So um, I I just we don't see a lot of that in, in, in our industry. We see a lot of peddling of wares. We don't see a lot of moving of agendas. And I thought Matt did a phenomenal job doing that this year, both inside the political sphere, but then also in the last refuge left, I think, where persuasion can happen, storytelling with what's a woman. So my vote is to Matt. Paul. 
Love Todd's answer. Also love that Sarah picked Steve for most original thinker and I picked Steve for biggest trader. It says a lot about <laughs> That's pretty much uh, what my audience thinks of me simultaneously. <laughs> so you guys nailed it. Yes. Yeah, it's good. I mean, for me, it'd be tough to argue for anyone other than Elon Musk. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean all of his ideas have been good. Sure. But he's certainly been one of the more original thinkers of the year. Guys, he's the first globalist, transhumanist, libertarian, free speech, absolutist, friend to America's right wing that has ever lived and Aaron might be right he could potentially be the Antichrist now that I say that <laughs> it's possible alright we'll come back with hour two we'll get through as many of these as we can it is our special year in review day group rundown of the year that was 2022 stay tuned Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand, but not all that much in demand, if we're being honest. Right here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast, Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre. And joining us today for the special two-hour year-end Dace group, our colleague here, host of the news and why it matters, Sarah Gonzalez, and our good friend, token Democrat friend, although right now, frankly, he's to the right of at least half of the Republicans in the U.S. Senate. His name, of course, uh, is our, the one and only Paul Alexander. Don't forget that you can let us know your name and what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter and Getter and TikTok and Instagram. And then you can get clips of the show free of any censorship and free to watch over at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Aaron, I just got an email from a well-meaning guy. Sure. He's like, hey, have you guys ever thought Aaron's montages are so good in the new year? Have you guys ever thought that you could maybe grow your YouTube following to where it probably should be, given your Aww. show, by posting the montages there? <laughs> and we, first of all, that's a great idea. But almost half the material that is in Aaron's montage every day that you love the most is why we have no following at YouTube and they crush us and they kill us. All right. So you'd get like a 30 second snippet of Aaron's montage on YouTube. I do put them out most days on Twitter if I, if yes. I deem they're good enough for, for, uh, for, for, for distribution or if they're just a normal montage. I do put them out most days on Twitter. So but I at least thought that you'd think it's sweet that a guy thought that, that is your nice. material is a great way to grow our show. That is and, nice. And in a world where, you know, we were attempting to have an actual debate brother you'd be correct but we're not in that world right now unfortunately all right and then don't forget if you are a podcast listener you're a big reason why this show isn't going to end with tomorrow's final episode of the year but was just extended for three more years because of the sizable growth of you as an audience so thank you very much sarah is giving you the applause so are my kids all right. Uh, and you can leave us a five star review and uh, hit subscribe or follow uh, whichever applies to whichever podcast platform you prefer. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. All right. You guys ready to keep it rolling? Let's go. All right. Let's yeah. begin. Round two. Sarah, most stagnant thinker of the year. I'm going with uh, Donald Trump, I think, for the same reasons that a couple of you picked him for most boring. He cannot get outside of his own loop, his own echo chamber, because his ego will not allow him to. Hmm. Aaron. Arizona McCain Republicans. Like we talked about the mean tweets and the suburban women 
these types of people are just it's the same people um, because uh, Carrie Lake says some things about Donald Trump or is she's just too mean to the media. You just couldn't even with her. Uh, these types of people are going to screw us all. And yeah, I hope again, I hope it's not I hope it's not your kid that the reason that uh, they're in an ER at 2 a.m. with a fentanyl overdose. I hope it's not your kid. That would be just downright tragic because then you'd have to accept the fact that you're one of the reasons why it happened. Todd. This is probably year three or, or year four even of me uh, putting him here. Uh, but he keeps begging to be here, so I won't stop. David French. <laughs> is there ever a point, the rest of the panel, Todd, you, you have, you're biased. You have to stay out of this one. Is there ever a point where Todd's never-ending, never-ceasing harassment of David French makes him the most stagnant thinker. Does, do we ever reach that critical mass? No. No, I, I agree. No. No, I totally French agree. French deserves it. I, I agree. Yes, I, I agree with that. Uh, I'm going to vote for the American people at large. Uh, for the first time since we went to direct election of U.S. senators, every incumbent won. Just, this is a great answer. Despite the fact... Answer. I still can't believe I that. I mean, just despite the fact that there is unprecedented... I mean, we didn't do polling in like 1857, okay, right before Sumter, all right? But there is, in the modern era, unprecedented discontent and discord among the American people. I mean, we can't even bitch and moan properly anymore. Um, we can't even passively aggressive citizen anymore. Uh, we are the child who has realized our diaper will not be changed. We, yes, we whined and we cried for a while. No one came to change, said diaper uh, that was loaded in full. So then you just reach the point that a child does where it just rolls over and wallows in and it accepts his fate. That's kind of what we did this year. Paul. Well, when you nominate Herschel Walker, you get what you deserve, unfortunately. Uh now, this is admittedly a broad generalization, but my answer is going to be conservative media. There are some notable outliers, and Steve, I sincerely consider you to be one of them, but every day the news cycle, it's either Biden is senile, let's go Brandon, own the libs, ha ha ha, or Biden is Hitler, prepare for the civil war. Pick one, it can't be both. And, and the term woke, my God, we've diluted the meaning of these words to the point where they just become a catch-all for everything conservatives dislike. So everything is woke, everything. It's, it's exhausting and it's boring and it's stagnant. And I think conservative media needs a new playbook. Todd, as the official show ombudsman, how, how do you respond to that? Do you think there's, he's got a legitimate case to, made, to be made Please, there Todd. to some degree? You know that we're all counting on you, Todd. You know that Luke Skywalker <laughs> clip where he talks to Kylo in the second movie and says, "It's amazing. Everything you just said is wrong." <laughs> yeah. So no, no, no is the answer. There it is. All right. I'm surprised. I thought you might actually say, "Yeah." And I think there's some there's some validity there, but you're you're a no. Okay. Uh, I'm a no. All right. Uh, but we love you anyway, Paul, and wish you, Thanks. by the way, and yours, a Merry Christmas. All right. Let's what? get to let's get to best photo op, Sarah. Uh, I would say in an attempt to show how fit and competent he was, Joe Biden falling off of his bike in Delaware. Oh, yes. Just, yeah. Goodness, I had the same tip. answer. See, the, the cosmic <laughs> what a timing perfect follow-up that is cosmic. Paul, beautiful. Ex I mean, I had Accept your fate, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I was bested. It's fine. <laughs> 
But I had the exact same answer, not to skip ahead of Aaron and Todd, but I had the exact same answer. I mean, the and the meanderings and the ditherings yep. and the dawdlings. It's, it's the first time, and I've said this on the show all the last couple of years, we have projected corruption from the presidency, weakness from the presidency, inconsistency from the presidency, courage from the presidency, valor from the presidency, inspiration from the presidency. We have run the gamut. This is the first time in American history that we have projected feebleness from the American presidency. And it is it is absolutely metaphor alert, a perfect <laughs> metaphor for a country that is just rolling over for the ash heap of history in mass that just can't even be bothered anymore. It's a perfect metaphor for it. Yep. Aaron. Yeah, I figured that was going to be uh, at least one answer. So I went with the flags blowing over behind John Fetterman in that one speech. <laughs> Perfect metaphor. Totally, un- totally un- uh, unaware of what was going on. That, as well. that was a good one too. Yeah, Todd. See, I think normally you guys are right. It's it's one picture. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's th- th- there's a picture that's on loop that is the perfect metaphor, and nobody knows it better than Sarah. And it's every drag queen story hour or drag queen whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's it, that is there a, when, if you put that in a time capsule, and people pulled that out and said, "What do you think this picture says about civilization?" We it's, it's over. Like this is this is the idiocracy. It's happening now in real time, over and over and over again. How many of these have you been to, Sarah, in Texas? Uh, me personally, at least five, but there oh are plenty more of them happening. Yeah. That I just can't get to. Oh. I mean, the one in particular, the actual still shot. What this is, this isn't sexual at all. There's a small child with their hand on the genitals of one of these drag queens. So pick why, that why, one. why is that not a crime? Yeah, this is, and where's the sheriff? We've talked about this before, yeah. but like I, this picture, it, it, it keeps happening. It's not a one off. It should have happened once. Yes. And then an example should have been made. Yes. Johnny Dangerously style. Yes. That happened once. Once. Yeah. Paul. I'm going to try and redeem myself here. Uh, while, you know, the Biden bike fall and the flags falling were good choices, they were more incidents of chance. But mine was actually a posed photo where people thought this was a good idea. It is. Stacey Abrams oh, in a classroom yeah. of masked oh, that's a good children one. <laughs> where she is the only one who is not masked. That's that's a really good one. That's a really good you one. You may have redeemed yourself. He did. Thank you. I, I need to make a confession, okay, because you guys gave me a lot of credit earlier. I was even I originally was gonna put my original answer was Trump bringing Woody Johnson up on the stage. Oh. The owner of the Jets. The very day his company, Johnson & Johnson, got cited by the FDA for its unsafe jab. And, the, and at the very event where he, where he said to his audience, well, they tell me you want me to talk about that vaccine, not to bring it up, but I think you ought to get it. It's a great vaccine. Here's Woody Johnson, who literally just got cited for, a, you know, almost a, got a black box warning on his jab from the FDA that very morning. And then it was okay because he makes a lot of money. And I, I didn't do it, frankly, because I thought, I was all I kind of had already made my my Trump statement in a previous answer. And I thought if I went to two of them, I, I just, you know, I like Tyler and Gaston, our, <laughs> our our superiors and betters here at the blaze. And I just felt putting our audience through that ringer twice. I just I wanted their inboxes to be happier places during the break. So I thought I'd just go ahead and bring it up live on the show instead, if that's OK, if that's all right. <laughs> so, OK. 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, enough already. Sarah, what you're sick of? Uh, I think Todd just touched on it in the previous answer, but all ages drag shows and the sexualization of American children. By the way, on a completely related note, liberal white women are a cancer on society and must be stopped. Amen. Amen. Aaron. Uh, those stupid Burger King commercials during the college football season. The number of times this college football season I've been sitting in my man cave. Petrus back to pass. Oh, he's sacked again and loses the football. Oh, disaster again for the Iowa offense back in a minute. Whopper, 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 junior, double, triple, whopper. Shut up! Shut up! I'm done. <laughs> wow. That is the most sincere outburst of emotion that has occurred on this program yet, right there. Todd, go ahead. Just, he's only 29 years old. It's amazing. I ain't going to buy your burgers, so quit asking. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Uh, Aaron's going to be Grand Torino by 35. Yes, beautiful. Out there on a freaking lawn chair. It's beautiful. With a hat bag words and a shotgun. <laughs> With that, that Clint Eastwood look on his face from Grand Torino at 35. At 35. Go ahead, Todd. Well, Sarah and I are switching answers and categories uh, because I'm going. Uh, your, your pick was for the photo op was Biden, right? Mm-hmm. The bike. Yeah, yeah this is. Enough already for the same reason. Biden. I mean, just it, it America looking at this as you the feebleness. It's it's appalling. It is uh, daily. My I, my daughters, when I do happen to have the news on and they walk by and they see it and they just the look on their faces like I can't. They almost like agree with the Stanford thing today where you're not you, America is an insulting word. Just and you for different say reasons. Yeah, just yeah. for different reasons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And maybe that's what it is, is both sides have all the same complaints right now just for different reasons. So they didn't know how to vote, so they just voted the same way that they voted no matter what. Right. That's how we ended up with the status quo, maybe. Uh, my enough already. Hey, listen, you guys hear and see my oldest daughter, Anastasia, on here uh, weekly on the show. Uh, Zoe is still a minor, so you haven't met her yet. But if you spent 10 minutes around her, uh, she is not a shrinking violet by any stretch of the imagination, and neither is Anastasia. All right. So I, you know, Amy and I have raised a couple of strong, independent young women. And they agree with me on what I'm about to say. I've had enough of the she stood alone female heroine uh, trope, bromide. I mean, I, I just, I've had enough of it. It, it, if it, the minute I'm watching something and it turns into that click the minute I'm uh, you know you promote that to me click I just I can't I can't do it anymore I can't I can't I can't that's why I'm watching far fewer TV shows and movies these days because it just seems like that's all that everybody's Joan of Arc now which means nobody is okay and I just I'm, I'm so over it I'm done Paul that's right, Burger King. Aaron is not going to eat your burgers because he only <laughs> eats plant-based Beyond Burgers. Nah. <laughs> anyway. That's the biggest lie of the worst lie of the year. You know, <laughs> I realize this might sound snarky, but it's actually meant to be taken very seriously. Uh, mental illness is not entertainment, and it should not be a spectator sport. And so we need to stop allowing Kanye West to be a news story. He's very clearly not well but he feeds off the attention. And so the longer we give it to him, the longer this circus continues. So, so we need to stop and then hopefully he will get some help. I'm glad you brought him up. You know, I, I don't, I, 
when I got into this business, Kanye West was was doing George Bush's Hitler tracks. A few years ago, he put out a Jesus album, right? All right, so, I, you know, I don't know, you know, which is which. I'm genuinely curious, Paul. How much of this do you think is mental illness, and how much of it do you think is just trolling? Just, you know, this this is the 21st century version of Kiss and Makeup. This is the 21st century version of Marilyn Manson, right? How much of it do you think it's that? Or how much of you think it is sincere the guy has really needs some serious therapy? I'm asking. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's 75% sincere mental illness and 25% narcissist self-promotion. Okay. All right. Let's get to worst lie, Sarah. Well, uh, I would just say the COVID vaccine is safe and effective. So please line up for the booster that we uh, just tested on eight mice and no humans. That's about as good as it gets right there, Aaron. Follow that up. I think for me, the biggest lie is candidate quality. Now, I do believe there is such a thing as candidate quality. I just think that most of the people who use the term candidate quality mean, uh, is this person willing and able to kiss up to Mitch McConnell and or the spirit of the age? Todd? I obviously agree with Sarah, but on this one, I went with Katie Hobbs. Uh, So arrest Katie Hobbs, uh, as I've insisted on Twitter since the beginning of this. I mean, she's the one in charge of conning these votes. And she's there making sure that she has the most votes on election day by having um, the, the percentage of the machines that just aren't aren't working. It's so obvious. Listen, it's it so happened. brazen. It, ha- it can happen by the tens of thousands in a county whose median income is seventy two thousand dollars a year, thirty thousand dollars higher than the average American median income. You know, I mean, I was just in that county. You know, it was I, I mean, I, and I saw a deprivation. I I saw despondency. Um, I I saw hunger and homelessness everywhere I went there in Maricopa County this week. It was truly a dystopian hellscape. Arrest Katie Hobbs. Um, But we're going to get a trial. There is going to be a trial. That was announced last night. There is going to be a trial. So let's find out who's full of you know what here, right? I'm all for that. Um, My worst lie, the entire 400 plus page transcript of uh, Anthony Fauci's deposition is quite possibly the most dishonest, deceptive, and dissembling document ever entered into the public record in the 240-plus year history of this country. It is so remarkable in its level of demonic gaslighting. Over 170 times, he claims he doesn't know something, never heard of it, doesn't know anything, doesn't know anyone. Sent emails to people. He had no idea how their email just showed up on my, and I hit send. I had nothing. I don't know how I emailed this guy. Never heard his name. Don't know anything about him. Never heard anything. And over and over and over again, he claims, I don't know that person that has shown evidence that he does and then has to backtrack. Then finally at the end, he says, let me guess, you guys are going to show me that I do know this person and we have communicated. Yes. And then in fact, they do. I mean, this stuff, I title it the satanic verses, but that book had already been written. Paul. Yeah, I've I've seen your coverage, uh, but I haven't read the actual document yet. I'll I'll have to do that over the uh, Christmas break. Only uh, if you me. only if you hate yourself and want to be single forever. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, it's 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 trending that way anyway. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, then by all means, Happy New Year. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank yes. you. So for me, uh, Democrats spent the last two years claiming that Donald Trump and his brand of ultra MAGA Republicans were undermining faith in our elections and a threat 
to our very democracy. But then those same Democrats gave millions of dollars in primary campaign contributions to the same so-called MAGA Republicans who claimed election fraud in 2020. I don't care if it worked out for them in November. It's either a real threat that needs to be taken seriously or it's just theater and you don't really believe a word of it. So this was a slap in the face to every person who bought into this threat to democracy narrative and donated to the Democratic Party over the last two years. Well said. Amen. Destined for political stardom, Sarah. I would say Ron DeSantis. Now, I realize one could say he already has achieved political stardom, but I believe there is a certain next level threshold that I am counting on him to uh, achieve. And I'll just leave it there. All right. Aaron. Joni Ernst, she uh, showed that she's willing to sell out her own constituents for 30 pieces of silver. Uh, and she's a Republican and she likes Mitch McConnell. So, of course, she's going to be very, very successful. That's right. She's open for business. Yep. You know, DTF, as they say down there by the Jersey Shore. Todd. Uh, school choice where the funding follows the student. I know, obviously, Rufo and DeAngelis have been around for a while. We had this passed in Arizona, but this is coming up in the state legislatures. I think it's something like 20 states have this on the docket. Th- this is a revolution. The closest thing that we have, to, we need it in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. It may be happening here. I'm going to go homegrown here and say our governor, Kim Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was hinted at when she was uh, earlier this year tabbed to give the official response to the State of the Union. Uh, but uh, our state's going to take center stage in the GOP presidential race next year as someone whose entire you know career bones were essentially made by uh, you know exerting influence in that process. I can tell you this is going to be the first time uh, since I've been around, which goes back to 2008, that a statewide Republican elected official's opinion is going to matter to our base. That, that, you know, they could like if you came into Iowa and got Terry Branstead's endorsement, you were dead in the caucuses with our grassroots dead. Um, Kim can put her thumb on the scale and she's at least at least going to rival our buddy Bob Vanderplatz for most important endorsement in this state. And I think at this time next year, whether it is um, either Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump trending to be the GOP nominee, because I think they're the only two possibilities at this point. I think she is on the shortlist for running mate for both of them. So I'm going to say Kim Reynolds. Good answer. Paul. To Todd's point, I think school choice is absolutely a winning issue for the Republicans, especially if they want to make inroads with minority voters. So that's a great answer. Uh, My choice is going to be Adam Frisch, who this November nearly unseated Lauren Boebert from Colorado District 3. Back in 2020, Boebert won by more than 6% and 25,000 votes. This year, in a much more favorable environment to Republicans, she won by two-tenths of a percentage point and less than 600 votes. So however Frisch ran his campaign clearly resonated with swing voters in a red district, and I think he could probably have a very bright future coming out of this November. All right. I will tell you, everybody in our industry their minds were blown when they watched that they were watching that race on election yeah. night and then of course since it's now election um festival week. the day after and the day after and then the day after that and the day after that and then the week after that and then finally we had a winner uh destined for political oblivion sarah mamet oz so long bye-bye don't let the door hit you where the good lord split you preach Aaron, I know he just won re-election, but I think it's Ron Johnson for having the audacity to challenge the spirit of the age on their chief right now, Sacrament, that is the COVID jabs. Who does he think he is? Todd. Mike Pence, going to run for president. May this finally be the end of that fraud. Oof. I'm so looking forward to this. Yes. I mean, I'm really. Yeah. Yes. He and Asa Hutchinson. I'm looking forward to this. 
I'm looking forward to it quite a bit, actually. I've, I have swallowed a lot of bile and anger the last couple of years, and it, it needs it needs an outlet. Yep. And I've, I've chosen what that outlet is going to be. <laughs> and I've prayed about it. I feel real good about where I'm at right now, actually. Um, I'm going to say Vladimir Putin. Um, he, I think in this next coming year, he will see unprecedented internal threats to his power, uh, as uh, the winter invasion of Ukraine has bogged down and is now stretching into the following winter as well. And he's also not getting any younger. And this is a preview of one of the big highlight categories we have at the end of the rundown. Just a spoiler alert. Paul. Yeah, that is an interesting answer, Steve. Uh, to Todd's point, I think uh, Mike Pence getting embarrassed in the primary can be one of those rare unifying moments between grassroots conservatives and Democrats alike who are just going to relish in, in watching that house of cards come crashing down. Uh, but my choice is going to be, from my lips to God's ears, Bill de Blasio, easily the worst <laughs> mayor of my lifetime. And when he tried to run for Congress earlier this year in Brooklyn, was polling so poorly that he had to pull a Kamala Harris and end the campaign several months before he would be embarrassed in the primary. Goodbye, Bill de Blasio. I, likewise, I think we have achieved unity on that selection <laughs> as well, indeed. All right, we got time. Yes, we do. All right, best political theater of this year, Sarah. I would say the January 6th commission uh, for obvious reasons. But I mean, if I were the Democrats, I probably would want to focus on, you know, January 6th and dramatize that rather than focus on inflation and the border crisis and all of the actual real things going on right now. Aaron. Ron DeSanctimonious calling scoreboard after Trump went off on him after the election. Yeah, give Fox and assist Fox News an assist on that yeah. one, too. Yes. Todd. Everything about Elon Musk and his purchase of Twitter and the fact that it started with, you know, somebody said, hey, Elon, why don't you buy it? And his response on Twitter was, well, how much does it cost? <laughs> I love it. This has been great. All because, well, you know, I don't want to say, because uh, that'll spoil one of my answers later on. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, listen, never before in all of Western history, human history, really, has one man gotten more access to VIP celebrities, never ending funding, just from wearing a green shirt Every day, Vladimir Zelensky. <laughs> I don't know how many Y's in his name. It just grows. All right. Hate the game, brother, not the player. Paul. Mine is politically adjacent, but watching the courtroom video where the prosecutor for the Sandy Hook parents reveals to the lawyer for Alex Jones that he accidentally sent him over two years of private emails and text messages from Jones's cell phone. And then watching Jones' reaction in real time had to be some of the most surreal and compelling television I've seen all year. Because it's the, that's not typically what happens in a court. You have discovery, right? That, the surprise stuff that we see on TV is actually not typically how court proceedings go. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And he, ha he had a window where he could have said that was sent in error, this right. is confidential, right. privilege, and he didn't do it. And weeks later, he unveiled it in court, and it was just a spectacle. Worst political theater, Sarah? Uh, I would say John Boehner crying over Nancy Pelosi's crown being taken away. Um, but I, just for the record, I don't actually think that was political theater. I think he was being very sincere, yeah. which is why yes. it's the worst for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If only it were theater, 
If only it right. were. Yes, we're the rhinos, Sarah. Go ahead, Aaron, yes. You might chalk this up as just typical hand-to-hand <laughs> combat, and maybe it was, but I, I just had a hard time watching Sean Hannity and the Trump machine get really personal with Kathy Barnett yes. during the GOP Pennsylvania yep. Senate primary. Great Hated call. that. Hated yep. that. Uh, in favor of, of course, Mehmet Oz. Yeah, that's a great call. A great call, mm-hmm. Todd. My worst was Sarah's best, but I think we ultimately agree. It's it's the January 6th hearing and Liz Cheney. Her, her you know, really, she thinks she's like the ultimate American patriot. This is preposterous. I'm going to say the worst political theater was the attempt to overturn or the, the thwarting of the overturning of Roe v. Wade by leaking the majority opinion to the press. It not only did not work, uh, but the threats and protests by the death cult lobbied at the Supreme Court justices really only seemed to steal their resolve all the more. And by the way, uh, how can we still not know? who is responsible for the worst breach of protocol in the history of one of the three branches of the United States government. I'll tell you why. Can I tell you why? Well, I know why. Spoiler alert. John Roberts ain't going to rat out himself, exactly. guys. Ain't going to rat out himself. Because he's the one that leaked it. Because he razor, thought man. they were going too far by overturning Roe. They should have just held up the Texas law and been and moved on with a 15-week ban. He thought they went too far. That's also why he abstained in from the majority opinion and wrote his own. That's because the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court ain't going to have the Sergeant of Arms out himself. That's why. Okay. Yep. Paul. That is a a hell of a take, Steve. Uh, And Todd, if you're mad at Liz Cheney, just look to your left. For me, seeing that corrupt hack Charlie Crist go on the debate stage and attempt to brand Ron DeSantis as the lockdown governor, when the national media literally spent the past two years trying to blast him for opening up too early and not having enough COVID restrictions, Come on, man. I mean, is that is that really the best your campaign team could come up with? Just just go crawl back in the sewer, please. It's going to be really awkward next year at this time when Paul is back for the year end days group. And it's and it's and it's a race between him and I to see who has more favorable answers and categories for Ron DeSantis, me or him. It's going to be it's good. It's going to be it's going to be something like you can. Maybe you don't want to say this out loud, but I can feel the vibe. You're like, please, guys, can you guys give me somebody so we can, I can vote against these people, please. Can you guys figure this out over there and give me somebody that I, I don't have to be ashamed around my friends and I can say, hey, we had to do it. Can you throw me a freaking bone here? You can, like Austin Powers, you can feel Paul Alexander's over there right now hoping, hoping against hope, all right, that we throw Look, him a lifeline and people like him a lifeline in this process. He's, he's a competent governor. Uh, you know, competence has been sourly lacking from the majority of our presidential nominees over the past several cycles. So, I mean, that alone is a step up. Not to mention, DeSantis Gabbard has a pretty good ring to it, doesn't it? I'm not going to comment on that. I know, I know, I know. But it kind of does have a pretty good ring to it, It doesn't it? Yeah, it does. All right. Got really awkward when I did that. Yeah, no. (laughs) I'm not budging on that one. (laughs) Thankfully, we're up against a break because I wasn't really sure what to do next. Yeah. All right. I didn't mean to corner you like that, buddy. That was my my bad. My bad. My bad. Sorry about that. All right. We'll come back. Uh, We'll get through as many of these as we can in our final segment, including the major ones at the end. Then we'll double back and finish up in the overtime right here on Blaze TV. Stay tuned.
unprecedented times. Bang! Thank you, Todd. It's the last time you're going to hear that in 2022. Um, you know that buying or selling a home can be stressful in any era, but especially when we are let's go brandoning the real estate market as we speak. That's why make sure you dare not, my good non-binary sir or ma'am, make sure you dare not venture in to the real estate market without an agent that you can trust. Where would you find them? Well, we made it as simple as possible. Just go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Process is simple. Go there and uh, give us some basic info. We'll connect you to one of our recommended agents. What do we mean recommended? Well, we vet them before uh, we recommend them to you. They have to earn our trust before we entrust them to you. We don't just take anybody. That's why there's a waiting list of hundreds, sometimes thousands of agents across the country who want to be included in this database. And a lot of times when they get approved because their track records check out, they're right here from this audience. So you know that you guys have a common value system as well. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, and that's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right. So here's what we're going to do to finish this out is we're going to pull a Lindsey Graham here. We're going to go back to front. Okay. So we're going to go back. We're going to start in the rear to make sure that all of our headline major categories at the end, the grand finale categories, uh, that they all get included in the main show. And then what's left over, we'll go through rapid fire in the overtime. All right. So, Sarah, let us begin with Sarah Gonzalez here from Blaze TV. Your big prediction for the new year. Um, I want to apologize in advance to Steve. Uh, I'm very sorry, but I predict that Georgia will become back-to-back national champs with a win over Michigan. Keeping it real here, Sarah. That's how the show is. I respect it, and you're probably right. You're probably right. No, it's I, not what I want to happen. It's just what I think will happen. I, I, you're you're probably right, but it'd be a hell of a th- it's a hell of a thing just for Michigan to get there. I mean, two years ago, yeah, we wanted everybody fired. So now we're talking about going to the national championship game. So it's been an incredible run, Todd. Well, it's also been nice for me to uh, have my last appearance on the Steve Day show. It's been real generous. <laughs> That's true. I wasn't going to say that out loud, but by the way, it was nice there's knowing that. you. Yes, 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 there is that. Todd. At least 25, this year started the process whereby at least 25 Division One football programs will fold and cease to exist in the way they are now within the next decade because of what's going on with conference realignment, name, image, likeness, transfer portal, Deion Sanders, et cetera. I, I could see that happening for sure. Yeah. Aaron. I have a similar uh, prediction as well. By this time next year, there will be a firm plan in place to start paying college football players. I think even, and this is coming from the fan of a team who's actually gotten, well, two of your captains and has done you know, about as well as anybody in the transfer portal so far, even though they have a lot of attrition. I think that the rate that this is devolving, it's not a sustainable model unless you're the top 1% of college football uh, programs. And so I think they are going to have to solve that. And that's probably going to be by paying the, paying the players. I agree with that as as well my big prediction for the year i teased this earlier vladimir putin does not survive the year as russian leader that's my big prediction for the year he doesn't survive the year as russian leader paul what's yours well in 2023 i will head down to one of my favorite cities in the world nashville tennessee I'll get some of the best smoked brisket tacos in the entire country at Judge Beans in Brentwood, and then I will knock on every door, ring every bell until I come face to face with Jill Savage. <laughs> then I will drop to one knee and ask her to make me the luckiest man on earth. <laughs> and she'll say yes. I'm impressed. <laughs> 
Wait, who's I'm waiting for that? my phone to blow up. I was like, dear God, what just happened? Yes, that's. I'm in. I'm impressed. I mean, I, I have questions. What's that? What, I have questions. Yes, is that a real ring? I know. It's. I, I'm. 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 Don't ask questions you don't want the real answers to. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, where, where, where do we go? I don't even know where do we go after that. All right. Let's. Um, I give Paul. That was supposed to be the last thing he said on this show. Yes. The next thing. So he, here he's still standing tall. The next. Can we can we take bets real quick? Really, really, really quick. The next category is person of the year. What are the odds? To, uh, Paul's person of the year is Jill Savage. Nice. <laughs> Putting the. Uh, the what are, and then what are the odds like that, that Jill is on 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 the phone to um, the prosecutor there uh, in Nashville <laughs> looking for a uh, restraining order of some wow. sort? Yes. Wow, we went there, huh? All right. All right. Um, Sarah, go ahead. Uh, person of the year. I would say the unvaccinated. We uh, took that risk-reward analysis, and we made our choices, and I would say we're feeling pretty confident in our choice. Heck yeah. That's a great answer. I wish that's the one I would have came up with, actually. I love that answer. Aaron? So the first-time mom who enjoys being a mom and loves her baby who wouldn't have been a mom if what happened six months ago hadn't happened that's, that's a, my person of the year that's a great answer that's a great answer as one of those kids that was on the chopping block um that really hits home as well todd elon musk in a world that there's just never any consequences yeah he there's consequences here just because he's got a lot of money but he's just also got some dude swagger to him so he ended up and all of us are benefiting for it right now i voted for desantis um, I mean, essentially fulfilled every trope we've ever done in conservative media from the first day Rush Limbaugh went on the air in August of 1988. That the consultants and everything else, that was the dawn of modern conservative media. Everything that we have said we thought would work if our people that we voted for actually did it. All right. He actually did it. Against all the consultants and everything else, he actually did it. And as Paul pointed out earlier, took the swingiest of swing states and made it redder than Texas. And he did it in four freaking years. And how has he responded, by the way? How has he responded to his win? Um, like literally five minutes later. So now we're going after uh, Moderna and Pfizer. Now we're going to subpoena all the companies that are doing meatball surgery on kids. There's no I won morning in America. We're coasting now. There's no, there's, I mean, it's, I love the smell of napalm in the morning, man. All right. And so that is my person of you, the Ricky, year. I just wake up in the morning and I urinate excellence. That's, That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Paul. Well, to set the record straight, I said that about Mike DeWine, not Ron DeSantis. That's so let's <laughs> let's correct, you know, not misrepresent what I said. Uh, here's a contrarian take. When we thought the critical thinker was dead in America, this November, we saw a remarkable number of split ticket voters throughout the country. 200,000 voters in Georgia alone who said, yes, I will vote for a principled conservative like Brian Kemp, but hell no, I am not voting for that complete disaster and hypocrite Herschel Walker, just because he has an R next to his name. So in this climate, it's easy to be a blind partisan, but for those who take the time and vote on the person rather than the party, I commend you and you are the people of the year. I'm so glad you gave that answer because 
I have been freaking trashing those people all year long. <laughs> hey, there is, a, there is a line in Proverbs in the good book, one man's story seems true until you hear the other side. And so I'm glad someone took up for those people because they have been taking a pretty one-sided freaking beating on this show throughout the year 2022. All right, capitalist of the year, Sarah. Uh, I would say Elon Musk for using his hard-earned money to protect speech. Doesn't it have to be Elon Musk? I mean, it's the most impactful yeah. transaction of the year. Darren? That's mine as well, for right. the same reason. Talk. So he's my person of the year. I'm going with Steve Dace. Oh, uh, wow. Contract, ex- contract extension, children's book, best-selling author, going to be a best-selling author of the upcoming rise of the uh, Fourth Reich, the movie coming out. I mean, the coattails have never been more plush. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I gotta say, I am completely, I am completely uncomfortable with this level of, <laughs> of, of, of uh, heavy petting. It doesn't matter. And, I'm comfortable and, and with the coattails. What next in year, the next world? year, next year, I Brother, might. Brother, I called you a traitor. I don't so. pet you. I pet your coattails. I, I, I was just gonna say, next year it might just be Paul, calling me a traitor. I'm much more comfortable with that. All right, but thank you very much, Paul. Uh, For me, Mark Cuban has become a great example of how the ultra-wealthy can use both their resources and the free market for good. In January, he launched his new company, uh, Cost Plus Drugs, that provides medicines at extremely affordable prices. The whole concept, if you're not familiar with it, is that they sell hundreds of prescription drugs, which are sometimes, as you know, marked up by more than 500% by these big pharmaceutical companies. And he sells the generic versions for just his cost plus 15%. And hmm. these are prescriptions on the site that retail for over $1,000. He's selling them for $50. I mean, it's a real game changer, and he deserves a lot of credit for stepping up and, and tackling this issue. I did not even know about this. I didn't either. So thank you for no, thank you for illuminating us with that. I, I was not aware. That is very well done. Agree with you. All right. New Year's resolution, Sarah. Uh, I would say that uh, my organization is going to put uh, legislators' feet to the fire in Texas, and we are going to stop uh, these all-ages drag shows from occurring. We're going to strengthen the current language, and once we do that in Texas and we can uh, cl- you know, uh, wipe our hands clean of that, we're going to move on to some more, some more states. So be on the lookout. Here, here, from your lips to God's ears on that one. Aaron. My New Year's resolution when it comes to analyzing and viewing the world is to expect the expected. One of the benefits of the spirit of the age is that it's very predictable. Just apply Aaron's razor. It's just demonic, bro. And you're pretty much going to find out what the next move is. So we'd have no excuse to be surprised anymore. Todd. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. My goal is to be the pluckiest domestic terrorist I can be. (laughs) (laughs) Can we sell plucky domestic terrorist t-shirts at the Blaze store? Will they okay that? <laughs> Only one way to find out. No, that's, that's, someone should ask. Um, my New Year's resolution is to do whatever I can do to be a, a part of a reason why at least one of the Branch Covidian killers is brought to some form of justice next year. Yep. Paul. All right. Well, between uh, Steve's Lindsey Graham backdoor jokes and Todd's domestic terrorists comments, it's, uh, it's becoming... Progressively harder to come on the show, but <laughs> there. Uh, my New Year's resolution. Hold on, he said he, he said plucky domestic terrorist. Damn it! Okay. All right, yeah, that's a nuance, okay. I guess. Yes, yes, nuance. Time. Some on trial. That's great. There's a number of a number of really important issues that I don't feel adequately informed on to offer commentary, and I'd like to change that. Uh, election integrity, uh, abortion. 
gun rights and gun violence, you know, polarizing issues that I, I usually hesitate to engage on because I don't feel I have all the necessary information. So uh, in 2023, I'd, I'd like to really put in the time and, and do my homework and uh, come up to speed on those things. Amen. Like that answer too. Most underrated, Sarah. Uh, having that pure, untainted, unvaccinated blood, I have a feeling it might come in handy someday. It's a good answer again. Dang it. It's the, 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 the dystopian movie is writing itself right now. Where Someone sent me a, an, an email with a picture of something called Soylent being sold in their Publix or something with a green label. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, wow. I mean, I'm like, are we, is this for real? Aaron. <laughs> Most underrated garlic guajillo steak at Chipotle. That stuff is the bomb. I did try that, by that the way. That stuff and is, it is good. good in yeah. my, according to Bella, they're ending it as well, which Bastards. is stupid, but it's great. Yeah. Of course they are. They, I had some of that at the Ann Arbor Chipotle when we went up for the Michigan game in November. It's just got on the your right recommendation, amount. man, and it was the bomb.com. Just as the, the right say. amount of kick and spice. Yeah, I agree with you. That's good stuff. Todd. Hunter Biden's laptop. You still think it's underrated? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's, yeah, we know about it now, but, you know, in terms of where this thing should yeah. uh, take all of us, uh, there's a long road to go yet. It, it feels like we're, we just forget about the fact that he's talking pretty openly with foreign powers and foreign businesses about peddling his influence, uh, influence yeah. with yeah. his dad. We just so, forget about yeah. that part. We skip to the uh, crack videos and uh, doing mm -hmm. crack off of a hooker's uh, Russian butt, hooker's but, ass. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, my most underrated is the Netflix series Archive 81. It premiered way back in January to little fanfare. Uh, but it, this had, hidden gem, I thought, actually might have been the best that the horror genre produced anywhere uh, in the year 2022. It is legitimately creepy, scary in several places, well-paced and acted. You could do a lot worse. Paul. Underrated for me, the man who single-handedly tips the scales for me on election night and convinces me to suffer through Joy Reid, Chris Hayes, and Nicole Wiles. And that's right, I watch MSNBC on election nights. Steve Kornacki, the best damn data analyst in the business. I know a lot of people have a lot of respect for the work that he does. Most overrated, Sarah. I would say Katanji Brown-Jackson, who uh, is a woman and now a Supreme Court justice, but who can't actually define what a woman is, also does not appear to be very bright, but is, as I mentioned, now a Supreme Court justice because of the color of her skin. And should be celebrated as a female Supreme Court justice, even though she's not a biologist and does not know what a woman would be. Correct. Yes. Aaron. Pulls of anything at any time. I mean, I, I don't know. Is this a good polling year? Is this a bad polling year? I'm not really sure how we deduce that, how we deduce whether or not the pollsters are being uh, honest or, uh, you know, actually have any clue what's going on. So polls. I agree with you, which is why we won't do it anymore on the show. Todd. The American voter. You guys suck. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good answer, too. Um, I went with uh, along similar lines, the red wave. Need I say more? Paul. Yeah. Uh, well, first, I am. I am. I am sure Justice Jackson is an incredibly intelligent woman. But uh, to Steve's point, overrated, overhyped. Uh, the red wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think to even be uh, considered for that position, your, you know, your resume has to be uh, pretty good. So. It has to be. Has to be a a, a person of color. Yes. Look, I don't. I don't. I don't like that President Biden. Uh, 
telegraphed that. I think it cheapens her nomination by essentially saying that you're disqualifying any man and any woman of a different race. I think that made it less of a victory for black women in America. Um, so I, I disagree with how he handled it, but you know, her nomination, I haven't heard, I haven't heard anyone on the Republican side say she's unqualified either. They might not like her views, but she's certainly not unqualified from an educational background. Does she, what, what's, what, Section of the store does she shop for clothes in? Does she know? <laughs> Come on, guys. No. I mean, she obviously knew she was going to walk into a trap by getting into the culture war stuff. How is that so a trap? Because she's uh, in, uh, attuned enough to what's going on in, in the culture. Let's test that theory. Paul, what's a woman? <laughs> a woman is a person who can reproduce. Well, that's a lot more than she gave us, isn't it? Most honest... We'll end here. Sarah? Yeah, I got to go with uh, Elon Musk, who, you know, we mentioned before, spends all of this money to buy a company and then immediately starts trashing said company by releasing all of the internal <laughs> yeah. documents just to prove a point of how corrupt yeah. that company was. It does not get more honest than that. That's very true. Yes. Aaron? The spirit of the age, it is more obvious now than ever that it's just here to kill, destroy, and now groom your children. So I think they are getting more and more honest, the the mouthpieces of the spirit of the age, more and more honest all the time. Amen. Dirty I agree. Deeds. That's why my answer is Yuval Harari. Yeah. Oh, from World Economic Forum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I went with my buddy Chip Roy. I, nobody tells yep. more truth than he does. Amen. Paul, quickly, get the last word. Oddly enough, I went with Klaus Schwab and his associates at the World Economic Forum. Good answers. Who they are. Good answers. All right, we're going to stick around. Finish this up in the overtime. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow with our final episode of the year right here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.